Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today's guest is a Bible teacher. He's a speaker. He's a video podcaster of Blessed to Teach, which was a ton of fun when we were on his show. We had such a great time. He teaches courses on reliability of the Bible and how to exercise your personal authority in Christ for such a time as this. One more thing, but it's also every time you talk to him, you walk away a little more cheerful. It's true. You walk away a little more blessed. Yep, that is exactly right. In fact, welcome to the show, the host of Blessed to Teach, Rick. Yay! David Stacy, such an honor to be on your show for the first time. I love Flyover Conservatives, and it's so awesome what you guys have done the last few years. Uh, thank you. It's an honor. Truly, we had such a great time when we were on your show, especially when we got to go to the back room and back your stage. people prayed yeah. for us. Oh, that was so amazing. Truly a highlight for us. I don't us. think people understand how much prayer takes place at these live events. There's, there's a common thread of people really mm-hmm. depending on on God, you know, in this moment and then banding together and truly praying for one another. And it's yep. really great, great to be a part of. Yes, it's phenomenal. And then, and people who say the Holy Spirit's not involved in the Reawaken America tour just to have not been there. No. <laughs> because that it's is very exactly evident. Right. It is. That is for sure. Well, we had a conversation recently and I want to jump right into something because, uh, you know, we both kind of grew up in, in Christian homes, in uh, I went to Christian school as part of a Bible quiz team. We were with the Kansas State champions when I was in sixth grade. Yes, of all Bible right. Bible <laughs> quiz. Uh, you know, that, that, that whole crap. So we kind of kind of grew up with some assumptions that sort of, you know, uh, 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 kind of a built-in worldview, so to speak. And it's an interesting thing in the current era. There is a lot of attack on whether the Bible is true, whether it's, it's, it's nice stories, if it falls in line with just... Confucius and mm-hmm. Buddha and you know all of this kind of stuff and 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 it's not surprising that that's being said to me it's surprising that it's Christians saying it it's pastors yep. inferring yeah. it is people in leadership roles within the faith that are having some of these arguments and you said something that jumped out about about your wife's background and upbringing and then your your view on evolution and how jump let's just jump in with that of mm-hmm. of kind of the pathways that brought you to this place because. You did a little more hard work in private on this than most people had to. You had to work through some of these things and kind of chew on some tough pieces of leather, you know, until you softened it up enough to make it swallowable for yourself. Yeah, my story is a lot like Lee Strobel's or, 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 or you know, Evan Samantha verdict, Josh McDowell, where I, I went to show to prove the Bible wrong, right? So uh, I was dating a a person that was a Mormon and I was an evolutionist. So mm-hmm. that's what wow. I was taught in grade school, right? So I was trying to make her a secularist, pull her out. She was trying to make me a Mormon. So we only had one thing in common. I grew up Episcopalian, but didn't know the Lord. And so we started studying the Bible together. And um, I went to some Bible studies separately and actually accepted Christ. He moved on my heart in a big way. I saw the Jesus movie at Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew, and gave my life to Christ. And then the conflict started. Then she really started <laughs> trying to make me a Mormon. I started realizing that Mormonism was teaching that you can become a God yourself. God was once a man, all these non-biblical things. So I had to go and she kept sending all these people after me to, 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 to convince me Mormonism was true. So I had to go defend the faith. And so I became an apologist then. And I had to figure out how do I, I don't trust the Bible. So I was trying to prove it wrong but during my Bible studies, became a Christian. So the bottom line is here I am having to become an apologist, just defend my faith against my girlfriend's, uh, um, um, 
attacks, if you will. <laughs> She's now my wife. She's now a biblical believer. So God did an amazing thing taking a Mormon and an evolutionist and making us biblical Christians who love the word of God and understand it. Wow. And, uh, That's that amazing. That um, is yeah. quite a story. I, don't think I, I love that. I don't think eHarmony would have put you guys together. You know, <laughs> no, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we could probably have a whole just a marriage session here on, on working through all those things. That's pretty, pretty amazing. But uh-huh. uh, share with our, our listeners, though, some of the things that you found to be true. And, and, and what would you say if I was on the other side of the fence and I'm like, I think the Bible is a good book. It's full of wisdom. It's an accumulation of just, but just. Not necessarily the inspired godly word God. messed up men that, that did the best they could to write down some things, but it is a book of man. It's not anything more special than uh, Dale Carnegie or anything. Now else. I want to make sure our listeners know that's not how we feel. Yeah. We're just saying, we're just being that side of it, asking if somebody was saying that to you, what would you say? Right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of pushing here a little bit to get, what would you say? Yeah, to that that's exactly right. And that's why I created a course to actually counteract that completely where the average person could easily be able to explain that to somebody that's a friend of why you can absolutely 100% trust the b- b- biblical text. And, um, and it's, it's fun because as I had to go through this, uh, Mormonism teaches that the book of Mormon is the only true book, uh, the most true book, which is not even close, right? The archaeology doesn't even stand up. But the Bible has so much evidence behind it. I was shocked. When I was trying to prove against it, I went and studied of evidence of man, the verdict, started studying every all this type of stuff. And it was a crazy how much I learned. And one thing that I always have been, I've always been a good teacher to kids. Like, right. Mm-hmm. How do I take a complex subject and take it down to something really mm-hmm. easy for them to understand? And yeah. so that's what my specialty has been for years. And so that's why I created this course about sharing truth with impact. Um, by the way, um, I'm giving a free big portion of that away because God wow, told me you need you. to get this out. Right. And that's uh, that's what's being shown right now, the reliability of the Bible and your authority in Christ, Uh, because because it's it's if you can explain why what David just said was incredibly incorrect and and it's just not true. When people say the Catholics changed the Bible, that's just not true. And we know that because of the science of textual criticism. That's the T part of what I teach is a T.A.P., which is. Really acrostic to say, hey, just, rem- just remember when you're talking to a friend, talk to him about T, then talk to him about A, and then talk to him about P. What's that? Textual criticism is really pretty easy to explain. It's mm-hmm. all documents of antiquity. We don't have the originals. Plato, we only have seven copies of, the, of, of a, a copy that was 1,200 years before he really wrote, right? Mm-hmm. And then Aristotle, it's 1,400 years and only 49 copies. Mm-hmm. Well, the New Testament has so much more evidence within hundreds of years of original copies, right? Because they were written originally on papri and paprius, but the scribes knew they had the word of God. So they they were meticulous in how they copied it. They would destroy it if the middle letter did, 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 did not calculate, the middle phrase. They, they were, all these different types of scribes in different parts of the world meticulously kept that. And instead of having four, seven copies like, like Plato or 49 like Aristotle, we have 5,400 in, in the original languages. Wow. In, the, in, in mainly Greek, right? But if you so take from a, from a textual, textual standpoint, it, it holds up much better than things that are, that are quoted and taught in the universities. No question. In fact, in fact, it's the most reliable document antiquity the New Testament is by far. Nothing's even close. And even if you take the other languages it was copied in, it's 24,000. So you're basically 24,000 versus seven. And yet you believe Aristotle, but you don't believe the Bible. What? And we can compare all those copies together. So you can see here's this. I just put steps together. Here's five steps to explain textual criticism to somebody. 
It's how many copies you have and, and how accurate are they together and how close were they to, to the original writer's writing that wrote on wow. that papier and papyrus, right? So, so we can have massive confidence that we know because you can go back to the original Greek. You can go back to the whole decimate the American and Hebrew, and you can know that what the original writers wrote, we have today to 95% accuracy. That 5% is so small, it doesn't even, doesn't even address the right God, the right Jesus, the right gospel. And it's marked. And those things are so slight. It's really like 0.5% that we're really arguing over. And textual critics really want to know, hey, what did the original writers wrote? So they, we have massive manuscript evidence. That's what the whole science is. And all of them know that the New Testament is the most reliable document antiquity. When you have the Bible in your hand, that is something you can trust what the original writers wrote. You have the inspired word of God. I love that. How about the A with archaeology? Yeah, hey, and there's over 100,000 archaeological expeditions. I put a lot of them in the free gift at the details, but I just give it again four or five steps about how you yep. explain archaeology. It's basically just saying, hey, there's 100,000 archaeological expeditions that actually showed this. And I love to give just two good, good examples. They used to, critics used to say, hey, it talks about the Hittites. They had no language that they, that didn't exist. So the Old Testament's faults. And, mm -hmm. and, and they didn't have to do the, they did not have to do the, the, uh, when, when, when Jesus went back to Bethlehem, right, to do the, the survey. So the Old Testament's fault. Well, new evidence came up, and sure enough, you can study Hittite language in universities right now, right? So the Bible was proven true, and their critics wrong, and they've now found that, yes, that, they, that, that census was true. Everything about Jesus and Nazareth was correct. So, so bottom line, the archaeology shows we have true history. So we know what the original writers wrote. We know we have true history. And then the P is simply prophecy. So you go study the prophetic words and literally Nostradamus was 3% accurate. I have a list of all a bunch of his false prophecies and people think he's awesome, right? Well, you go back and look, he's got, he's a massive false prophet, right? And, and there it is right there. there. That's, part yep. of, that's part of the free gift, blessedteach.com wow. slash free gift. Well, the Bible is 100% accurate, really, literally. Every prophecy I've studied has either been fulfilled or it's or it's unfolding, right? right? It can't be shown to be false. Mm. That's impossible. That means it's a supernatural book. It's a living word of God. So again, T, textual criticism shows we have what the original writers wrote to extreme accuracy more than any document antiquity. A, archaeology shows us it's true history, massive archaeological findings. People use the Bible to find stuff, right? That's the archaeology. And then P is the prophecy showing it's a supernatural book. It is the word of God, the living word of God that you can trust. You have something special in there. Man, that I, I, is awesome. One, one category I'm seeing with this is a lot of Christian families raise their kids, you know, uh, to believe in God, but they don't really equip them to be able to defend their faith and defend yeah. their belief in God when they go to the universities. And so a kid, just, they, they sometimes they get beat up on and then they feel embarrassed. Of like, I can't believe I believed in this stuff. And then now, I, you know, I'm, I'm being criticized. This would be an incredible equipping for mm -hmm. high school students. Maybe parents could do it with them and like, hey, learn this together before they go to university. They can be able to defend some of these things factually. And then number two, even for parents whose children have gone to universities and have, and have, and have had uh, uh, their different experiences, this could really bring and maybe bridge some of that gap together and be like, man, let's look at some of this evidence together. This could be something that families really oh, use yeah. to pull together where the universities have driven them apart and made a Great faith point. a point of division. 
No question about it. I just love teaching this because when people, because then they know, heck, when I am reading the word of God, it's like, wow, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything. What? Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be, you know, and it goes on to talk about, we're going to have a peace that transcends all understanding. You know, that's really the Lord speaking through these inspired writers and speaking to you. This is the living word of God. And you can actually see that. And one of my other favorite verses that it talks about is John 14, 12, where, where J- Jesus literally says, truly, truly. I say to you, he's pretty serious about this. And he says, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. Just think about that. The the deaf will hear, the dumb will speak, the blind will see again. He ever raised Tabitha and Lazarus, Lazarus come forth. Are you kidding me? But he doesn't stop there. He continues and says, even greater works will he do Mm -hmm. because I'm going to the father. And basically that John 14, 12 shows us that we have authority on Christ Man. like we've never known. And so that Holy Spirit comes down to us and all of us have it. So we can do more than Jesus. Why? Because with so many more of us, mm. we're using authority and the blood of Jesus and that authority to call down the evil of this cabal. This cabal has even infiltrated our, semin- our, our, our seminaries. Yep, right? Some people say, go to cemetery to learn all these reasons why you don't trust the Bible. Yep. Right. So you got to be really careful. Use your discernment. Make sure you're asking for that gift of discernment and that gift of wisdom and all the gifts that are talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, right? The whole point is, is that you can call down this evil. That's what my ministry is all about is calling down the evil of the food source of uh, of, the, of the cabal, which has to do with all these sacrifices of Moloch and Baal that are still yeah. happening today, right? And so w- my ministry is about calling that down, um, using the authority in Christ to make it happen. And Rick, how can people find your show and your mm-hmm. podcast and, and your other work? Yeah, blessed to teach.com forward slash free gift for this free gift. What's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, so just take the free gift off, right? Blessed to teach.com. Perfect. <laughs> and that's where you get to backstage. That's where you get to the training, uh, of course, if you want to get to the training course as well as everything else that we're doing. I love it. Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been incredible. I can't wait yes. to go through this course. I'm going through it. Me too. I am definitely <laughs> going to go through it and excited that the Flyover family and gets to participate. We can afford it. I know. It's, like, it's absolutely free. It's like right in our price zone. That's exactly right. <laughs> I love it. You can't beat free. The only thing better if you paid us to do it, but I'll accept free. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. and I'll, I'll take advantage of this. Thank you so much. Thank Rick. you so much for your time. Man, it feels good to be home. And I know it was such a great trip. It just feels like we forgot something. What did we forget? The pillows. The pillows. We forgot them on the bed. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. What are you doing, Avery? I'm working on refuting a strike we got on YouTube. Ah, what a bunch of communists. I know. I think we should order some pillows that we left. Smart. I think so. If you go to mypillow.com forward slash flyover, you're going to get them for, I think they're right now, $19.98. What a great deal. I know, it's incredible. So make sure you get Dad. I think his favorite is the medium. Okay. Yours is the medium as well, right? Yes. And mine is the least firm. Okay. So, and then while we're in here, can I get some more slippers? (laughs) I guess we could do that. Yes. Okay, Flyover family, we're back here in Canton, Ohio, seeing the best people having the most amazing time, and you're not going to believe who's here today. Eric Trump. Hello, everybody. It's an honor to be with you. It has never been more important for patriots to get together with other patriots. It's so important 
Just look at the lengths that they went to to keep you apart, yep. to keep you so separated, true. to keep a mask over your mouth so you couldn't see each other's smiles, so you couldn't feed off each other's energy, so they could keep you isolated alone. They wanted you hiding in fear behind your water heater. But you know what brings you out? You Patriot events. Associations, everything. And you can be around other patriots operating on a high frequency with hope, with clarity, that are coming out, that know what they're doing, that know where they're going, they know they're running for the school board, they're going for this office, they're taking charge, they're, they're making a difference in their community. You get around them, it's contagious. Courage, courage is contagious, and it's never been more necessary than right now. Man, that is so true. And the Reawaken America events are like no other Republican conservative no. event. They're more like a no. Trump rally. When you come, it's all about high fives. It's it's praise and worship, incredible enthusiasm. There's so much that goes into a Reawaken America event. It smashes the spirit of fear. I think that's been blanketing not only our country, but the world over the last two years. And there's nothing better we can do. If you want to save our country, you need to smash the spirit of fear in your own self and then in your family, in your home, in your community. And sometimes, you know what? Your battery might just be too dead to do that alone. You come to an event and you get filled with better ideas and you meet other patriots. You come to the meet and greet. We'll hang out with you until we outnumber you yes. uh, with, with our other guests. But it's that kind of camaraderie that we need right now. You know, during the revolution, they got together in bars and pubs. They got together every different little place they could. And they talked about what it would be like if our country was free. What would it be like to not live under a king and tyranny? You know what? That's what we need right now. Getting together, sharing good yes. ideas with each other. Then you take those back home and you get to work. That's where it starts though. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.